0: Hey guys, welcome back to Who Watches The Watchers. This is the comic book portion of the podcast because now we have two podcasts. There you go, it's this comic book day. We have movie and and comic book. I think the idea is that comic book episodes will be coming out Wednesday and movie episodes on Friday.
1: At least that's how we want to try and do it. Yeah, I mean it kind of makes sense, you know. Yeah. Comic book day on Wednesdays and Fridays are for the films, you know. Yeah. I love it. Film Friday, yeah. uh, and then the Wednesday
0: Warriors for, for, hey, you can knock on the door all you want. I know, right? Just, just bash that door. <laughs> uh, my name is Ian. And this is Kenny. And this week we're talking about not only the comic book, uh, the this collection that we read was 13 issues, mm-hmm. but the comic book of Invincible and the first season on the Amazon
1: uh streaming service yeah because at this point this season just finished up last week uh yes. yeah we got episode eight and so this is kind of the perfect time for us to read the comic the first 13 issues of the comic which are essentially
0: yeah i think it was as easily translatable as as or uh,
1: as possible yeah um i'm gonna readjust my arm real quick just give yeah. me a second arm it up so but yeah this is by uh you know your boy uh robert kirkman yep kirkman and the guy that is behind the madness that is the walking Freds. Right? Yeah, all, all those Freds. All those fucking walking Freds. Um, Grip it and rip it.
0: <laughs> you tried to hide it under the table. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is Robert Kirkman. Um, and Cory Walker. Yeah, Cory Walker is the co-creator. And then eventually we get Ryan Otley, oh, okay. who will do pretty much the rest of the book. Gotcha. And it's colored by Bill? Bill Crabtree? Is that right? That's Bill?
1: Yeah, Bill Crabtree. Okay, and then awesome. there's like a other couple of yeah. Okay, Ryan Otley, and then there's like some others that like did yeah, in, like some like small in issue seven. Through.
0: Yeah, is when we meet the Guardians of the Globe, mm-hmm. and that's where we get I, each each of the characters kind of get their own
1: a little art style. Basically, yes, is what we yeah. kind of did. They, there was think, like a it was like a fun collab kind of issue yeah, that they did.
0: I think Eric Larson's in there for a second, who created um Savage Dragon, who you'll see in this book as well. Um He's at the funeral for the Guardians yeah, of Yeah, I was going to
1: say, because even, yeah, Book 8 has like a bunch of... A bunch of know, creator. oh, creators. Oh, is, is it Issue 7 or is Issue 8? I think it's 7 and 8, even, because oh. 8 is the funeral.
0: You know?
1: Oh. So, I think both of those kind of have, because, yeah, see, this is even 8, and it's um. got quite a list of, you know, kind of co-artists and stuff.
0: Okay, well, yeah, I mean... Which is
1: cool. I mean, I think that's
0: awesome. Yeah, know? for sure, especially because you want to kind of give each of the characters their own kind of feel mm-hmm. you know what i mean very into the spider you know? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely so, um but the book came out what year 2004 2000 i when, think it was originally 2003 yeah. it first came out 2003 and then went on to 2004
1: It's great it's crazy to me this book's this old you know oh, I, mean, yeah. I wouldn't have thought so or you know what i mean yeah. I, I feel like i like started seeing invincible around like 2011 or something when i started seeing it in comic book stores all the time so it's kind of wild to me that it's been around for you know basically almost two decades now i agree completely yeah um it was it's been going on forever i think it
0: just ended in 2018 i want to say
1: yeah there's a lot more of it than i think i even Mm. realized to actually sit down because there's like over 140 Uh, issues i I think it's
0: 144 on the dot
1: yeah um hold on i got a burp oh (sighs) she
0: just done it right into the mic bro own it uh, own those burps i'm sure they can still hear it yeah I'm um sure <laughs> but um i went ahead and read the book first because mm-hmm. uh, i hadn't read this book at all beforehand oh, okay. and i read these 13 issues and then i watched the show in its entirety and then you kind of did the opposite right
1: kind of i i had also never read any of this you know what mm-hmm. i mean i feel like i'd like flipped through it in a comic book store before yeah. um but uh i was i think waiting on the last two episodes to come out when I started reading, excuse me, the comic, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of, like, read up into the finale of the comic at the exact, like, the same day I watched the final episode oh, really? of the show. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of got them both at the same time, which was kind of cool in a weird way, you yeah. know? Um, but just to kind of really see the differences that they kind of decided to do between the two mm-hmm. in the long run of things. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I had no real exposure to Invincible before either, you know what I mean? Yeah. So... So, I mean,
0: uh, if you guys are listening to this episode, I definitely recommend watching (laughs) the
1: show at least. Uh, Definitely reading the book, but. I think, yeah, the show, there's nothing in the first 13 issues of this book that the show doesn't. That's get true. done, but there's definitely some stuff in the show that the first 13 issues of the book don't get done. Right, that I'm very curious if there are <coughs> elements that are in future issues. I you think know what that's mean? exactly what it is. And we, kinda, neither of us have read past this first compendium or whatever. Exactly. This is. So yeah, it, it's something that makes me want to continue reading a little bit just to see if yeah some mm-hmm. of these elements you get in the show are just from future issues they decided to bring right.
0: earlier on. You know. So. so how did you feel about? Um, Let's let's talk about the book first. Yeah, let's talk about the book. How did you feel about the first 13 issues? Did you feel like it was a good collection? Do you feel like that that was a good ending point, I guess, that the 13th issue kind of leaves you on? How did, How did you feel overall?
1: Yeah, I definitely thought, I mean, it feels like a first book you know what Mm -hmm. i mean to read these 13 issues it definitely feels like a start and a finish and a good point where i mean most comic books would leave you like wanting more so i i really enjoyed it as like a read and i think we both kind of agree that it was a super easy like not easy read but i mean a quick read i mean it just kind of the pages just kind of flew by you you know what i mean and uh i don't know why i mean i mentioned this earlier i remember the artwork being cleaner i don't know why it kind of was do you like driving cleaner like, like i guess i mean more like the, how the show how was the kind show. of designed and drawn because yeah. and maybe it's just me having seen been exposed more to the show but i had i feel like when i had looked through it before it just had more of those like like clean, a crisp like, it was crisp of yeah clean dark you know lines because, versus well, the very like ryan otley, rugged. he man. really
0: sharpened his teeth on doing this book oh, okay so ryan otley is uh, he he does like most of this book, and by the end of it, his artwork is very you know distinctively his. Because mm-hmm. I think whenever he picks up the book, he's kind of doing like
1: um a reminiscent of what
0: right of what Corey uh, Walker was doing before. exactly. Yeah, and and I think he was kind of copying that style a little bit. But Corey Walker, I feel like his line work is is super clean. I think yeah, it's,
1: I have no issue with the artwork. I just felt like i remembered it being different you know so um but i think it works great for the kind of story that this is trying to tell you know
0: Uh, um one thing that i really like about this book is how um how good it is to read it mm -hmm. like it's it feels the dialogue feels uh pretty realistic but also it it tells you just enough to keep you like completely informed on what's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it it does it tiptoes this really nice dance where it's um it's very realistic, but at the same time literally telling you everything you need to know. Yeah. Because there's there's a there's a lot of exposition kind of to drop in in a lot of this book and still it's so easy to just kind of breeze through it. Mm-hmm. I um, mean, we
1: get the kind of the explanation of, you know, Viltrum oh, twice in yeah. essentially the exact same style and yet yeah. it still it's not it doesn't feel so redundant. You know, it does feel mm-hmm. very fresh and yeah, it definitely works uh for the storytelling in spite of it being yeah, basically just pure exposition It for how this is all designed mm-hmm. and drawn out, it works super well to get the story plot moving along very comfortably yeah. exactly um, um oh
0: go d- ahead oh how did you feel about the issue of with the guardians of the globe
1: i loved it honestly i liked the changes in art style and um i thought it was like a really i thought a lot of the art in this comic was a lot of fun you know mm-hmm. what i mean and a lot of the designs are obviously very reminiscent of original it, characters established characters, yeah, yeah. established characters you know they're almost like satirical <laughs> versions mm-hmm. especially you know the i guess i'll say he's like the green lantern oh, variant yeah. you know where he has to eat the slime ball and yeah. he, like, <laughs> he like he like he threw it has to throw it up to turn back to normal you know yeah. like things like that where they're almost like a joking version of the these predis you know these original characters but yeah. in such a way that still feel like that this could be their own you know they're mm-hmm. very their own idea you know um and so yeah i really like like that it's a good example of what i thought was like a very fun idea you know something yeah. like to do where it's like a more realistic of like how a, a super getting an alien superpower would kind of work versus just like putting on a ring and all right. of a sudden you can do all this crazy shit it's like no you gotta eat this fucking weird egg thing that tastes <laughs> like shit and fit you know it's like a booger you know yeah <laughs> It's like a book. He's like flying away, holding his stomach. Yeah. yeah, I just, I, I think I relate to that on a spiritual level. That would be my luck as a superhero. That would be my superpower.
0: Yeah. Um, how did you feel about, I guess, the
1: ending of that issue,
0: where it's revealed that Omni Man is, is kind of working on something else. Yeah.
1: I mean, this is where, like, once again, these are going to run the parallels with the show that we're going to talk about later. Uh-huh. Um, but to just kind of go into that story, I mean, I thought the reveal was. Great in both ways it was presented to us, and I liked that in the comic we got it quite a bit later. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. um That it was, we got a little bit more of an establishment of Omni Man being a force of good for longer, so that it's. I feel like for readers who were originally reading these issues as they were coming out, that that hit, and they were probably like, "Wait, what the fuck?" Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was like a they, the whole everything they'd been reading up to that point changed. You know, and so I can really imagine that that was like a mm-hmm. big shocker, and why I'm a little bummed out. I did start. Watching the show, the beforehand. show beforehand because obviously those things were a baby bit spoiled for me. It would have been nice to have been able to read these thirteen issues before watching the, the uh, show, and that's my own sin for just not giving a shit enough about Invincible up until yeah. Amazon picked up a series for it. You know, did you hear that the series got renewed two more for seasons? Two more seasons, which makes sense if it's got one hundred and forty four issues to do go. Do you feel off like that they want to do all the whole thing? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. I think Amazon. This was something I was going to talk about a little later, but I'm just going to bring it up now. I thought it was very interesting that Amazon's kind of picking up like these kind of like anti-superhero storylines. I mean, that's what they have to do because
0: their two competitors are hbo which
1: has dc mm-hmm. and then disney which has marvel. marvel so they're like we're just going to pick up all the stories that are like fuck superheroes in a way <laughs> so they have yeah. the boys and they have invincible right now yeah. and it really like i think it's well, really even interesting.
0: even the tick which is oh, yeah. a parody of of superheroes itself so, so, so it, it, they have the whole of yeah. you know trifecta
1: so i think it's really interesting that they're taking these anti-superhero ideas and then but succeeding with them you know yeah. what i mean because i really i mean the boys has been a huge success and i have no doubt that invincible is going to be right on its coattails i, and I feel a lot of the same way yeah. people are going to really love this and i think people are going to love the fact that like people who love the show who've never read this comic book probably wouldn't like this comic because it's it i feel like it turns down the things they love about uh, the show a little mm. bit where the show amped up you know like I also thought I remembered this book being more violent, and that's why I, I think... didn't re- ever read it. I remember you being like, "Oh, you don't want to read Invincible? It's a bloody book, you yeah. know." And I was like, "Oh, I'm just never going to read that then." And so, <laughs> to watch the the level of gore they pushed into the show, I mean, they definitely amped it up a little yeah. bit, you know, to kind of push that uh, point across of like the amount of lives being lost and stuff. Well, that's you know?
0: yeah, that's the thing. I think that the show understood it's it's trying to perfectly condense exactly what the comic didn't know it wanted to do at mm-hmm. first
1: you know what i mean that's that's actually such a good point i feel like these 13 issues didn't even realize that how great of a thing that they were kind of cre- it's like any good pilot you know what i mean it's not as good as the whole at the tip of the iceberg right. you know what i mean it's not as good as the rest because it just had no idea the great thing that they've actually started yeah know. I'm curious
0: on how many people listening to this right now are like they're totally wrong because they yeah. know further uh, into the book than we so do. True. But I, I feel like that this the comic book starts out trying to be <laughs> a um, a kid superhero. It's mm-hmm. trying to be its own Spider-Man, basically its own I guess Ultimate Spider-Man because yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man takes place wholly in in high school the whole time. Yeah, as to where you know standard Spider-Man is in high school for like. 10 issues or some shit like that. Um, But it's obviously trying to to kind of recreate that in like a Superman's son kind of way. But Superman, it's also that same archetype or trope where it's like, oh, but Superman's evil. You know what I mean? So it's playing on a lot of tropes that would separately become popular in movies later you know what i mean because like there's bright burn and then there's the spider-man movies where it's all in high school right now yeah. with tom holland so it's 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 these popular tropes that it kind of condensed before they had spiraled become out. tropes yeah, exactly literally. yeah exactly um and so i think that that's what robert kirkman was originally trying to do was just kind of Make this goofy superhero world with all of the characters that maybe he wouldn't get to write for Marvel or DC, and instead write for his his own kind of thing, and then see where it goes from there. Yeah, as to where the the show knows exactly what every character is, yeah. so we'll just show that like pure version of them. They have
1: the flushed out hundred and forty four exactly. issues to pull, to pull the, from. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, it was like me kind of talking about just to pull uh, Bojack Horseman with Mara uh-huh. a little bit, which was that um, <laughs> I feel like the first season that show, I mean, I think that show is fantastic, but I feel like the first season that show struggles a little bit for people to watch because it's like you getting to know those characters and how they are. Yeah. Um, but to rewatch that series, and then once you already know those characters and how they are, it's so much more fresh to see those early seasons. And I think that's kind of how this is, that's yeah. relatable to this. No, yeah, exactly, definitely. That, um, you know, yeah, it's just that, that not having them quite, hammered out yet or even knowing exactly what the idea truly is even yet uh even while you're still working on it kind of what we're doing with this podcast kind right now yeah you know so this <laughs> in is in a lot in, of ways the invincible of podcasts in a way so uh, one thing i really liked and i was going to show you the picture uh too was the fucking cover pages for the fucking episodes did you notice that, that they got bloodier as they went? oh yeah 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 i thought that for was, sure i thought that was fucking such a nice touch to the show to kind of uh like signify
0: like where this is how heavy this is yeah highlight exactly how
1: heavy the show is kind of trying to be and the fact that it's like we're gonna be we're gonna be pretty bloody you know what i mean
0: (laughs) um go ahead oh well so uh, the the comic book it's we we mentioned it already but Mm -hmm. it's it's not fully hammered out like like you were saying Mm -hmm. how do you feel the pacing of the show does in comparison
1: Well, it really blew me away, like, yeah, because I really want to talk about some of the parallels a little bit, that the show felt the need to really expand on a lot of things, Mm -hmm. you know, it expanded on, like, characters like Cecil and the mom, and Amber, obviously, Mm -hmm. was a big change, Yeah, Um, and so I feel like that's where they felt like they had a lot of time to play with, especially with 56-minute-long episodes apiece, you know, Um, was they were like, let's give these characters a little bit more personality, let's not just have Amber be a girl that just... Hans Zimmer number, you know, yeah. we don't actually have any interchange between them in between then and, you know, now. Um, and I think that a lot of it was good, and I think some of it was, like, unnecessary, you know what really? I mean? Like, um, just an example of something else that we could have probably lived without was, like, the Rexplode, uh, you know, Adam Eve oh. kind of bits, you know what I mean? Like, really? Like, post their breakup, you know what I mean, huh. where they had, like, that whole conversation. I don't know, like, I feel like the show just did too much trying to humanize everybody, and the I fact think that, that it like took away.
0: I think that that's necessary with a like you were with saying a, a fifty six like minute runtime because they they could obviously already do what probably happens later on in the book with like let's say the the what are they the flaxians oh the, yeah <laughs> the ones that age differently yeah that obviously ha- wasn't covered in this first 13 issues yeah. but they were somehow able to cover a good chunk of it that must happen later in later issues so in true. one episode i feel like that's that's you know probably I mean?
1: multiple arcs they like they yeah. come back multiple times they were like let's just put all that shit in one episode <laughs>
0: exactly so it's it's like well fuck we they they must have a lot of time, so they're like, why not why don't we just expand every character as much as we can, and yeah. let them blossom, you know what I mean? I like the Adam Eve Rex explode kind of stuff. Do you? How did you feel about kind of some of these translations of these characters like because uh, Shrinking Ray is a man yeah, so in the comic. Exactly. and Exactly.
1: William is, you know... I think I think
0: William eventually becomes gay in the is comic. Is that a thing? Though. Okay. But I think, yeah, because we know a more definite version of him, why not just
1: outright have him Making gay? be gay right out yeah. the gate. Um, so, yeah, there's either a lot of gender or like sex or gender or uh, like orientation. Orientation swaps, yeah, you just kind of see throughout it, which I thought was fresh to just not have kind of such a Mm-hmm. you know flatline cast because yeah the original guardians of the globe was i think all men except for a oh, war woman war woman she right. was the only one so it was nice that they like made the, the, green, Lantern, the green Lantern analog, analog you know a female. F- a female who didn't have to eat a disgusting you know thing yeah. it was just like, it was just like <laughs> at least we didn't see her either. Yeah, she got a like, nice convenient pill to pop yeah. in her mouth you know true <laughs> um, um i
0: liked the version of martian what was his name the well, no, Martian something. the, in the Oh, the Martian garden. man,
1: basically. Yeah. yeah.
0: What was his... It was like Martian warrior. I don't remember his Yeah,
1: name. we really didn't get much of him in the comic, but I did like his version. I, I thought it the... was
0: so... Because I had read the comic book, and so I was watching the episode with Ashley, mm-hmm. and... I got to see him, like, interact with, like, some stray, like, little yeah, girl. Yeah, with some
1: homeless girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was super rad. I was like, aren't you rich? You're, like, part of a, you know, global defense system. Can't you help her, like, live somewhere? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I was literally kind of concerned for that child hanging out with this weird alien. And, and he was like,
0: I pro- I promise I'll be back. And I was just like, whoa, I kind of want this. Yeah. I want, like, some alien that's, like, best friends with, like, a little homeless girl. I want more of that. But I knew where it was going. You know what I mean? In fact, I didn't know that it was going to be right at the end of the first episode that How did you
1: feel about that? That they took basically that big reveal from essentially the mid arc in the mm -hmm. comic book and were like, oh, just put it right at the beginning. I feel like it it, it created this big mystery for the season. I feel like in a lot of ways it kind of ruined
0: the rest of the show for me. Because I feel like that's something that should have been a twist rather than a twist for just the characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like maybe if they just showed that they had all died and then the last episode before, you know, Omni man is really proven to be the, the antagonist Yeah, before he even tells Mark, it shows the whole montage where he fucking beats their, all, all their asses. You know what I mean? I think that that would have been super sick. Um, but I mean, cause there's a lot of instances in the show where Mark does things But it's kind of with, like, his dad, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it it just feels like it's
1: out of order a little bit. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Like, because the thing is, exactly, right at the gate, we see that basically Omni-Man isn't the person he's pretending to be. But then we just get to see him continuing to pretend to be that. And it feels like the continuity is not... It's not like that kind of pretending that feels like pretending. It just feels right. like what we saw before just hadn't actually happened yet. You know what I mean? I exactly. feel like exactly the same way. Yeah. Um, and so, no, I could definitely agree with that. And I, one thing I did appreciate, at least, was that they actually put up a fight with him. Where yeah. in the comic book, he just fucking slaughtered them in the dark, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed the whole fight sequence between the Guardians of the Globe and Omni-Man. I thought it was, like, really well played out. Yeah. Um, but it also was kind of a weakness against the storytelling of like that it, it basically broke the storyline of him having a good uh relationship well no a good oh. uh alibi uh, on oh, why true. he wasn't the killer you mm-hmm. know what I mean? it was kind of like silly that he's the one person who survived there and they were like oh but he, he was like oh but it wasn't me and they're like oh okay you know what I mean like yeah. it just broke the alibi where in the, at least in the original they had like the Black Samson arc which is <laughs> so much sillier in the comic book like what was it, Robert kirkman thank you <laughs> i mean obviously that was supposed to
0: become it might still become something more later dude i thought that was so funny that the fucking
1: butler was yeah the-
0: <laughs> was like destroying the fucking guardian of the globe like he headquarters on the suit and The, the and yeah.
1: you're supposed to think black samson's the one losing his fucking mind and it's the butler that goes and attacks everybody <laughs> like what um
0: anyway no yeah but um there was something I was gonna say. Uh let's take a quick break and then okay. when we come back we'll 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 finish up talking about invincible.
1: All right, guys and we are back yep all right and so we were talking about invincible and, and- let's talk about uh damien dark blood dude our boy our favorite thing honestly yeah. i mean i fucking loved damien dark blood especially yes. in the show itself i feel like yeah he kind of wasn't Represented well enough in the comic book, and,
0: and I feel like he was immediately like, nah, it wasn't him. Yeah, remember in the comic book, he's straight up was like, nah, it wasn't him. Yeah, he, he had a good story or something like that. And then in the show, he's like a fucking antagonist to Omni Man, or you know, like the opposite of Omni
1: Man. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's basically Omni Man's antagonist yeah. in a sense. And, um, but I just love that he like is very like, uh, Etragon in a way, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. He feels like Detective Etragon, really. Yeah. <laughs> he's in the, in the show show he's
0: designed to be a little bit more like Hellboy because mm-hmm. he's got like a pot belly and like the <laughs> the kind of goat-esque legs and and like his head is kind of Hellboyish. yeah um but I you said in the comic book he was like a kind of monkey design. yeah he looks like a monkey like I one think of the, I like the... that design better oh really yeah I don't I like it's too it's
1: too explicitly Hellboy in the show for me. I get he's like too demon essentially mm-hmm. versus the sh- the comic book where he just looks like a, a very unique design. Yeah, exactly. Style. <laughs> it's weird because I feel like they almost like because they put him in that same kind of armor. If yeah, you pay t- like when he takes his hat off and stuff, he has like a weird like almost like armor like it seems suit like an on. astronaut's like cowl or yeah. something. You and know so what I, mean? I think that's what is meant. The drawing is almost meant to maybe be two, and they just translate incredibly differently, you know, yeah. between the two. Maybe
0: platforms. in the comic book, he eventually comes back and he looks better, or yeah. it's more understandable of what his design is. But yeah, in in the in the show, he's he's straight up like a a white like white clothed yeah. Hellboy.
1: So I have to believe just a lot of these elements, like Damien Darkblood and Cecil, just are things that do get hammered out. Yes. in the next you know hundred and thirty issues, you know what I mean, yeah. and that's what it was and why they felt like they f- had the ability to have these personality traits that were just like, can't believe they were just like <laughs> a two-liner in the 13 issues, you know? Yeah. But I fucking loved Damien Darkblood, and I really liked that he had that little notebook that had like, you know, the mm-hmm. the, the face on it, and I really liked um, the, his his storyline in the show, which basically, gotcha. exactly. I mean, what the thing with having... Omni Man's reveal at the end of the first episodes. It basically took it from being like an origin story about Mark to like almost like a detective series about like a why did this happen, who you know, not a who done it so much of a why'd they done it, you know, kind of things. It really changed the pace of how the series felt. Like in a way, you know what I mean? Because at the same time you still exactly have the flaxian episode where it's just all battling and you know Mm -hmm. very like superhero feeling but at the same time in the back of your mind you're still just like all this kind of doesn't matter to the grand scheme of why did the guardians of the globe die you know so it really did and that's where (laughs) i really agree with you again where we were talking about earlier that it kind of fucked with the pacing yeah just a bit to put that so early in the story um but that's where i think Damien Darkblood was like one of the things that kind of brought it back to at least tell the story in the way that, that it could still work, you know what yeah. I mean? Whereas, like, let's make it a detective's kind of story then. Um, the comic book for me, I felt like was
0: more excitingly paced in my opinion because it felt like these were just kind of the waves of things that were just happening. Yeah. Rather than the episodes where they were definitely episodic, Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, here's the Mars episode. Here's the college episode. Here's the, you know, so on and so forth. And so that's why I really like the pacing of the comic book, because it feels like we're just kind of feeling this universe out as to where the show is like, no, everything that has everything to do with the Flaxians has to happen in this episode. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously not the Flaxians are probably going to come back in the second season and have another episode all about them, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. And so it, it, that's why they kind of had to like do the whole Omni man thing at the very beginning. So it's like the thing that keeps it, propelling forward yeah. to the final climax. Keeps you climax. interested to the exactly. end. Yeah.
1: Keeps you coming back to be like well I need that fucking answer to this question exactly. that was presented to me at the beginning. Had you watched the
0: D.A. Sinclair, the college episode before you got to the college comic book yes. issue. So when that RoboCop ask <laughs> fucking guy comes out of the wall and jumps directly onto the spike in the comic book where you're like oh that's it.
1: Yeah, that was that was a lot. Yeah, that was yeah. it. That was, <laughs> yeah, all of that was just for that. Yeah, honestly, um, I felt a lot. There was a. That's where I. I kind of even agree with like the whole fight between Invincible and Omni Man. Mm-hmm. There was a lot that they took out of that, like the fact that he got shoved through a train mm-hmm. and just all those people get slaughtered. In. And then in the book, it's like two panels of just like destroyed train. And you don't it, even. You don't actually yeah. even see a person. It's just basically more like. Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, insinuated that there right. was a bunch of people murdered versus just blatant murder you know mm-hmm. i yeah. feel
0: like there's more real estate to show actual shit like that in the in the show yeah. rather than on the comic book pages where it's just like fuck i I only have a panel to tell this, yeah, really. Exactly. You know what I mean?
1: You have so much more limited yeah, mm-hmm. time to get those those points across. Um, and so, same, I mean, same thing with that, exactly. Uh, and, I mean, we, that story was so much more condensed down in the comic where it's just, like, uh, one of their teachers versus, like, a student at the college doing this right. to other people. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I, I think maybe D.A. Sinclair shows up in the comic book later, because I feel like that's just hinting that like, hey, once they go to college, there's obviously still shit for Mark to deal with, you gotcha, know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's what the, the comic book does surprisingly well, is set up just a little something right here in this one panel of this mm-hmm. early issue for it then to come back here like eight issues later. Yes. You know what I mean? Planting
1: all these little seeds that so right. they can kind of... I mean, even the end of the show kind of showed how much they fucking had planned for the future, you right. know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought the fact that <laughs> the endings of both were very... Essentially, the, the same, you know. Yeah, and I no. liked that, you know. What I yeah. mean, at the end of the episode, both, you know, issue thirteen ends almost identically to the series finale, right. and I loved that little touch, you know. So to free that final panel between Alan and the Alien, which oh. I loved, Seth Rogen too. I actually I love thought that was, the Alien. I thought that was I thought that was a great casting, honestly, uh-huh. because I thought that was like that perfect kind of like casual bro voice yeah. for that character. You know what I mean? And he's so. obviously
0: not playing it too doofus-y. Mm-hmm. He's playing it like honest
1: to how Alan might. Be. Exactly. Um. So I was very, I was very happy with that cast. And yeah, I mean, I was exposed to obviously Alan the Alien in the show. So to read him, I was like, this is such a perfect translation. Yeah. I love it. And I literally read it in yeah. Seth Rogen's, Rogen's voice.
0: Yeah, that's one thing for sure. The show has changed everyone's voices for me. If I were to continue reading, I yeah. believe.
1: I mean, J.K. Simmons is a fantastic omnium. I agree. I mean, I, dude. Okay, so.
0: Let's let's talk about the cast in this show. Holy can shit! Can we talk? Yeah. Can I look it up and then you kind of just react off of it? Yeah. Okay. I know a lot of it, but no, I know you know a lot of it. But um, so to to start it off, it's Stephen Yun, fucking Glenn, as as Mark. Yeah. Which he does a, an astronomical job. Like it's incredible. He does such a good job in the show. He kind of sounds like Max from a goofy movie
1: oh yeah i could agree with that it's <laughs> so it, funny it kind of blew my
0: mind a lot of the time because i was like damn this is just in an anime animation ass voice that's coming out
1: of this i guy. mean it's like a perfect like high school mm-hmm. teen kind of voice i mean really um it's so funny he does sound like fucking max sounds from so fucking much like goofy max <laughs>
0: Um, and then we have Sandra O oh as mm-hmm. as the mom, which which
1: I'm also glad the mom got a little bit more of being oh fleshed God. out time too you know what Me I mean too I thought she definitely did not get enough for, I, I that's one damn thing. it Robert Kirkman not enough female representation <laughs> in your comic book at least but early on but the show on,
0: does you know? it so well because we have Amber and uh, the Debbie
1: yeah. the mom like so fleshed out so well and Adam Eve I even feel oh, like where yeah. she kind of got a little bit more time in the sun and got basically the arc with her parents and then you're that's really true. Sh- I mean I thought her dad was a little bit over the top a little <laughs> bit over he's just like don't be a bitch you know? I mean like, but that's what But it is it is true yeah. it's unfortunately true is the yeah. reality of that situation you know
0: but yeah of course course we mentioned jk simmons as nolan oh, omni man 10 out of 10 man yeah uh beats as uh or beats as amber mm-hmm. she was in uh joker and deadpool yeah. i believe um we have gray griffin as monster girl i don't know her we have like some animation actors for sure like uh the mauler twins is by kevin uh, kevin michael richardson i love those guys, the Mauler twins. The Yo, oh, man. no, I really did like the oh, twins, Oh, my God. Too. When they were building the body for Robot, mm-hmm. I was, because I love Robot also, yeah. I was hoping that neither of them were going to full-on die. I was like, fuck, because they were fighting each other yeah. at the end. I was like, fuck, I don't want either of these teams to die, these <laughs> duplicates, you <laughs> so know what true. I mean? But, okay, so Walter Goggins okay. is Cecil. Do you yeah. know who Walter
1: Goggins is? I know
0: the name. Here, Okay
1: this guy yeah okay that's what I, that's amazing he that's such perfect. a good job
0: okay that's what i thought yeah jillian jacobs as adam eve mm-hmm. fucking zachary quinto as robot from fucking yeah like uh the
1: the star fucking trek movies space yeah, fucking, trek
0: war movies yeah, fucking spook yes
1: yeah, spook. <laughs> spook from star spooks
0: oh okay so uh donald is voiced by this guy from uh what's his name
1: i have to believe donald is a character that is just way more involved in the later issues and yes. we basically got introduced to him in the second to last issue that we read you know yeah he he's was voiced who?
0: he's voiced by chris diamond he's the guy from uh silicon valley that's like this guy fucks oh shit
1: no shit <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's donald
1: what is that fucking character's name look at it now okay. sure i know because i fucking love that character <laughs> so much uh he God damn it, the billionaire. Yeah, he's got the three three commas. <laughs> Russ Hanneman. Russ Hanneman, dude. I fucking love that shit so much.
0: But uh Rex Explode or Rex Splode is it's voiced by Jason fucking, Manzoukas. Yeah, of course, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Um Black Samson is voiced by Carrie Payton, who also voices Cyborg from the Teen Titans. Oh, okay. Um let me see who else. Oh, Clancy Brown as fucking Damien fucking
1: Oh yeah, uh, and we got dark blood. Old Seth Rogen as
0: Alan the Aliens. Oh, I know. And Mark Hamill plays Art, the guy that makes the costumes.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't know that. One. That makes sense too, because he's got kind of that that, that like a, a the, jokery voice, but like that yeah, the, yeah, that old man kind of voice.
0: One of my favorite casting is Titan. He's voiced by Mahershala Ali. Isn't that crazy? How do they have all these voice actors? I know. How do they get all these people? Um oh the brand new character at the very beginning of the show the security guard with the stepson? Oh
1: yeah the that, the one that they just kind of created a story for for some reason? That's John Ham. Okay that actually makes I feel like I I recognized his voice when the show first started and I was like that sounds like fucking John Ham. Yeah. That's amazing. I thought that was super random of them to do and then we only really got him in like the first two episodes. I know that was huh? kind of weird. And then I, they, he like, has r- to come back because
0: his son was one of the guys digging up the immortal before the Mauler twins got them.
1: Oh that's right.
0: Yeah. So the Muller twins probably murdered him, and so we'll probably see Steve show up again. John Hamm's character. Um, do you know who this guy is? Ross Marquand.
1: He's, oh yeah, he's from like The Walking Dead and stuff. Is he okay? Yeah.
0: So he's like an expert like impersonator. Oh, okay. And so he did Hugo Weaving's job as Red Skull in the later two Avenger movies. That's not Hugo Weaving. He just does a perfect like impression Red Skull of of impression. Yeah. Um, but in this show, he plays the immortal um, and also Rudy, the robot like body that he clones from. Oh, okay. he
1: plays the human version. And of he robot. has
0: he does the same exact like um, the same exact like accents on like the, or the what is the word I'm trying to think of? like uh he has the same kind of cadence yeah. as Jason Manzukes yeah, he, when he's he doing that talks voice like
1: Jason Manzukes yeah nice you. and so
0: i was blown away
1: by how much he sounded like like a you would think they got Jason Manzukes just a voice the yeah. other part and not someone to do an impersonation of him doing that right i was
0: so blown away cuz he sounds like a like a smart like intellect like Jason Manzukes <laughs> it sounded so weird oh but it kind of bums me out cuz now we're not going to get Zachary quinto
1: as, mm-hmm. robot, as anymore? robot anymore yeah but i mean regardless unless we still just have him in his rope we'll see him in his robot form sometimes oh, you know what maybe I mean? he'll and, still sound and he'll like that he'll just use those proxies and then it'll have we'll get both voices so but that's depending on how many voice actors the show wants to pay you know? true yeah but, but
0: i mean the stars in this movie the or this show the the characters yeah. god damn it the actors in this yeah. show it blows my mind no, it's honestly, so
1: fucking good um, it, it just blows my mind and i think that even shows how much amazon cares you know what yeah. i mean that they like, they're like we're gonna put every fucking penny we can into these things just like fucking dc's doing and fucking mm-hmm. marvel's doing we're gonna get the fucking big hitters to come in and fucking make this shit perfect and i really think it i was really blown away by the show i was i hope you enjoyed it i know you yeah. were kind of like uh, when you knew it was gonna be eight hours of content yeah but i mean since you fully watched the comic book and then watched the series, how did you feel about that? Did you feel like that was the be- that was the best way to do it because I have to, I feel like that probably was the better way to do it.
0: I the, the I still feel like maybe we should have had Omni-Man as a mystery like that it was him that did the mm-hmm. Guardians of the Globe. Maybe we could have just seen their cuz cor- the first episode is dope with the Mahler twins trying to break into the White House White to House kill the egg. president, and we get to see, um, you know, Guardians of the Globe work as a team, which we never get to see really in the comic book. No. And so, for that to be the opening scene and show how badass like the main team is, I thought was a perfect way to staple them into this universe. Um, and then, so if we had just ended the the first episode with like the mystery of like, oh shit, they're all dead who the fuck did it? And Cecil's like freaking out. Yeah. I think that would have been really cool. Um, other than that, I, I I watched it with Ashley. That was mm-hmm. her first experience with any of the characters and she really liked it. She liked the the interactions with a lot of the characters, especially the, the main characters. Like, well, especially like... Um, mark's like whole yeah click like basically with William the and, slice of life and kind of stuff, exactly yeah. yeah and it helped like drive forward the whole action i think that shit.
1: that's what makes the show so presentable to basically like a wider spectrum of people is that it does a good job of balancing this high school slice of life stuff mm-hmm. with mark i mean it's got a lot of romance essentially you know yeah. it's got this big love triangle it creates basically episode one for you mm-hmm. which i think they were really smart in doing because um, it's essentially those two things that keep you going. You're like, yeah. what's going to happen with Amber, Mark, and Eve, you know? Yeah. And then what happened with Omni-Man? It's basically those two things that keep you watching the show, yeah. you know? So I thought that was really smart of them to, like, yeah, really build on those kind slice of slice-of-life stuff. Really dwell on those characters and, and their relationships together. To kinda, I agree. Um, So I really think the show took the comic book and grew a lot of the ideas and blossomed them in ways that I think made it entertaining.
0: I think, yeah, it's a, it's a perfect elevation mm-hmm. and it's a perfect way to express the medium because
1: without insulting it, you know, exactly.
0: Cause frankly, I do not think that this move this show would work as a live action movie, this card, this comic. Mm-mm, I agree. Like, especially because we have it now as animated, uh, an animated series. It, I don't want it any other way. Well, of course, a comic book. I, and I, I think like I'm going to invest like some more time and money
1: into more, yeah, reading, reading the this. rest of,
0: of Invincible. But yeah, the I mean, this this show is so good.
1: And I think with things now like The Boys, it would mm-hmm. only get compared to stuff like that if True. it got tried to be made live action. So I really think it was kind of smart of them to do it animated because I think the animation works so perfectly for it. You know what I mean? For how vibrant the costumes this stuff are meant mm-hmm. to be. Can you imagine the Invincible costume like made out in person like i don't know it would be cool and at the same time it would be tough to pull off no yeah completely definitely. you know i agree because um, a lot of the characters in this are kind of like vibrant you know they're yeah. meant to be like kind of like a uh, crazy looking
0: and i think that that's it it i won't lie to you like the first episode i had a hard time watching the omni man yeah i won't lie, like where he kills the guardians of the globe i was like oh Man, because in the comic book, it's just
1: two panels of him just like chopping necks, yeah. pretty much. You know no, what I mean? It, they basically were like, "Oh no, the violence in the show is going to be turned up to 10 Sometimes, yeah, yeah that was the real first uh, look at that. Yeah, and then I mean, the Flaxian episode really kind of was wasn't shy about it either. And then no. yeah, the final two episodes really drove it home. You know, yeah. so. Um, but yeah, I really I mean, I really liked the battle scene between Invincible and Mark, and I mean that's where I thought the the uh, gore being turned up to 10 really worked for what it it was trying to show and I think it actually worked a little bit better than it did in the comic. But once again, the comic being so restricted to the amount of time it basically had to tell those things. Right? I mean, Mark being shoved through that train and just watching all of those people be just smashed to bits was too much but also like I thought it was a little unrealistic I'm I not mean, gonna lie
0: because like would they be sh- like
1: they was would like blendered smashed yeah it was like
0: they were all being run through a blender how yeah. much blood and guts
1: there was I was That's like so they'd, they'd be chopped up pretty good but I don't know if it would be this bad. I think I, yeah I mean I, it's just a, trying to imagine what it would be like to have an unstoppable yeah. force smash through you know a train like that you know Um but I really liked the like when they sm- he slams him into the ocean he made sure to go through a cruise ship Mm -hmm. both times you know what i mean it was like the little details showing that omni man really was like driving home the fact that he could just fucking kill as many as he wanted however he wanted you know
0: let's talk about this um how do you feel about the idea that omni man had to kill the guardians of the globe regardless because if he if his whole job is to prime earth for takeover yeah couldn't they have just been like okay earth's ready and then send Two more fucking like Viltrums, Viltrumites, to just then slaughter whoever gets in the way. Like, why did he have to go ahead and kill the Guardians of the Globe? right now do yeah. you feel like that that's necessary do you feel like that that makes sense
1: i think the i think the comic group did a better a lot better job of having an alibi for Omni Man than mm-hmm. the show did i think the show kind of fucked that up a little bit because like in the show it not only an alibi but like his rationale and like why he felt the need to kill them when he did you know yeah i just
0: felt like because like he says so in the comic book like well they were getting too powerful yeah like, it just
1: rang more true in the comic yeah. book well and even like like, I hated that we got that scene in the show where he was, like, pissed off being at the fucking baseball game. Oh. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't like that in the comic. He was happy to be at the f- baseball game the yeah. whole time in the comic. But, you know, yeah. I didn't like that there was still that moment where, he, where Mark was already, like, a, a, going on being a teenager. And he was like, why, why am I even doing this? You know, yeah. at that point, he would have definitely given a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. So I thought that that, sh- that, uh, that scene that show kind of broke where I felt like Omni-Man would have been, Nolan would have been at emotionally at that point. I think already having a child, he would have already been very human. You know, he basically talked about how he essentially lost his way for a while, where the show basically made it sound more like, oh, well, I was just having fun for a while, you know, until you came of age and got your powers, you know? Yeah,
0: because, like, in the comic book, whenever he says all this stuff about, like, how insignificant humans are and, and how Debbie was like a pet to him Mm -hmm. and all that shit. It felt like a fit of, of sudden anger yeah. because in the comic book, he is more sympathetic a lot of the time. And right from the first episode, right when Mark is like, Hey, I think I might be getting my powers. He's just like, what like yeah like it from the beginning ashley was like why doesn't he want him to have powers like what does he not want him to like have to be a superhero and i was Mm. like no it's it's a lot different than that you know what i mean like it's crazy how immediately he was just extremely like just darkened dismiss it
1: or like yeah, yeah darkened by it is a good way to put it yeah but
0: yeah i mean all in all it it's a great representation of the book yeah um,
1: definitely I I, I I think both of them exist very well independently though too uh, and it makes me want i mean the show does a great job of making me want to read more of the book yeah. you know so <laughs> yeah. they they definitely work hand in hand yeah. of you know supporting each other you know yeah. so i thought it was great i'm excited for more of the show i definitely am interested in reading more mm-hmm. of it you know so
0: i think frankly if the show hadn't ever existed and we weren't doing this podcast
1: i don't think i would have ever watched or read any invincible to no. tell you the truth i mean the thing is, is is not i'm not a walking dead fan and that's what i think of when i think robert kirkman so exactly. it's like i think okay do i want to read superheroes from the zombie guy you know he's yeah. <laughs> the kind well, of where my brain like, goes <laughs> when he worked at marvel he did marvel zombies yeah. and he did a very
0: despicable like uh ant-man book where he was like mm-hmm. like a womanizer so it's just like i don't know man i don't it was yeah. Eric O'Grady, Ant Man. Oh, okay, that other, makes sense. It was—I think he goes by Black Ant now. So, but yeah, it—it's—it's—he does some edgy stuff, and yeah. and he's not afraid of doing it.
1: So, no, I mean, I'm glad that we decided to pick this up because it was mm-hmm. definitely um, something I think I avoided always because I thought it was just going to be a little too like bloody and violent for me to give a shit about. You know, I know thought what it was going to but- be more like the boys,
0: where it's like, uh, like. Like oh Marvel won't hire me
1: anymore, so I hate superheroes. Yeah,
0: you know what I mean. I thought that that's what it was kind of kind of. I
1: like, like that it's like a more of like a middle anti superhero story where like right. the boys is full on fuck superheroes. Yeah. This is more just yeah. like the good guys can be bad guys sometimes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. So no, I really think it's um great. And anybody listening who watched the show should definitely pick up the comic book I agree. because it it reads like butter. It just it it's just, so easy. It's, it's such so easy. A, it's
0: such a good. Like, <laughs> easy read. I love it. So. Um, but yeah. Um Thank you guys for listening. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Batman Universe by Brian Michael Bendis and do you want to say his name? Nick Darington? Yeah, I had a hard time saying it, so we're, <laughs> we had to cut around this. Well, anyways, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. We'll, uh We'll see you there. And we'll see
1: you on another time. Okay, bye. Bye.